Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Mint Backstage, where I had the great pleasure in talking to the hosts of the Beneath the Beat podcast. I was first a guest on their podcast, and I decided to return the favor by having them on mine. We talk about a lot of different subjects relating to music and creativity and just about life in general. If you enjoyed any part of today's conversation and you want to support podcasts like this, you can head to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash There you'll find different tiers to get access to other podcasts, video, private streams, and even the ability to use my musical skills and knowledge for lessons, consultations, and studio recording. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with the Beneath the Beat podcast hosts. I guess that's it's it's been weird trying to start these podcasts with the live stream element because uh it, i almost want it to like keep flowing naturally yeah yeah, yeah. so that i've i don't know now Dude, that i've yeah, called attention <laughs> right we definitely struggle with that too at the beginning it's like how do, do we do like an intro and so we did some intros and then we didn't do some intros and yeah, and now we're like recording intros, but then it's we're not doing it live yet, so live is going to be a whole separate thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's so. Uh, and, and I've seen people who like they, uh, you know, they use like um, like a stream deck, like an Elgato stream deck, or some kind of video, you know, controller type thing where they can right. map like a a pre recorded intro to a button, and then they just have that mm-hmm. going when the stream goes live and and then they jump in like after the pre-recorded thing <laughs> mm-hmm. that, yeah, that yeah, seems like it'd be a better way to do it but also an expensive way yeah <laughs> <laughs> an expensive way and you know what when we balling on a budget over here we make it work <laughs> we make it work <laughs> yeah we got the I, I just found out about uh uh elgato has an app it's like eight bucks and you just download drivers to your computer and it like just links your phone as a webcam and then, you know oh. you can be plugged in or wireless and it was super mm-hmm. easy and i was like whoa that's this, sweet this changes things <laughs> yeah yeah i i need to bump up my camera game on all fronts mm-hmm. i need to get a new phone that's yeah, that's a yeah. whole different thing but i also like don't have an actual camera so <laughs> like the only camera that i have so the highest quality footage that i could possibly have other than my cell phone is my like webcam on my mac and so like all of my videos are just like meh but my girlfriend she is taylor dalton shout out shout, shout out, out call out the queen what's up girl uh <laughs> Praise be. <laughs> yeah, we're planning on moving in together pretty soon, and she works oh, in nice. video productions, so that's like, it's like her thing. She's got a nice camera. She has all the video editing that I know. It's pretty much because she, I've been like, dude, I don't know what to do, and she just comes <laughs> over. She's like, this is easy. You're stupid. There. <laughs> I still, uh, I still use this. This is cool. Hey, <laughs> one of the old Kodak. Dude, I don't know why. I just like you guys were talking about. I was like, "Wow, I still have this like on hand, like it's right down in this <laughs> cupboard right over here." Why do I have this? 
it's still just ready to go just in case ready you to go. It probably <laughs> takes a picture still so yeah when was the last time you took a photo on it dude high school maybe <laughs> Well, so back in 1945. 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> back yeah. in my day. I still remember like some of the first YouTube videos I posted um, was it was like borrowing my mom's DSLR camera. And like, I didn't think of like, oh, how do I, you know, like, oh, play to a track and like try and sync it. It was just like, all right, my amp also can take an eighth inch jack. And I'm gonna just gonna mm-hmm. play everything out of that and see what happens, <laughs> dude. The first uh, YouTube video yeah. that I was ever a part of, oh my gosh, it was horrifying. <laughs> I was in seventh or eighth grade, and there's just this stupid, stupid, stupid video called I think it's called like cheese apples and cabbage. <laughs> that was like sounds awesome it's it's literally just like a stupid photo montage of me and my friends (laughs) like that's that's it back in what 2007 2008 that you know the funny thing about that is like in 2007 my first i think it was on youtube for like a second and then we took it down um do you guys know what locker boxing is no that sounds it's so basically, familiar. <laughs> basically, when you put you put on hockey equipment, like gloves and a helmet, and you just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> we had multiple videos of us, like in the field down the street. We recorded all the fights and put them on YouTube. It was bad, dude. You were like, have to find that. You're like yeah. the first world star. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I dude, seriously I, I, would pay money for that shit to watch someone beat. I got the matched shit out of up Andy with Wade. like. I got matched up with my buddy Kyle, and he's a hockey player. But <laughs> I was the next closest to his height and weight, and he just killed me. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, dude. The only people I've ever fought are my brothers. Those get pretty intense, though. My oldest brother, seven years older than me, he gave me beef stew all the time. <laughs> but when I was when I was little, he used to hold me down and crack my toes because he knew I hated my toes being cracked. Ooh. You, man. <laughs> oh, dude, that's disgusting, and that's yeah. odd. I guess, I yeah. That one. That's so that was... specific, yeah, specific way of messing with you. <laughs> yeah, yep, he knew it. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. Right. And yeah. he's, he's actually, like, friends of Desmond Jones, which is really odd because I never, he's he's, like, He's not a musician. He's a graphic artist. He's a really, really good graphic artist. Um, but he like moved away when I was, he's seven years old than me. So he moved away when I was like, I don't know, 13. He moved to Minnesota and then he came back and lived in Kalamazoo. And I find out going to gigs that he's really good friends with Desmond Jones. I was like, what the hell? Small world, <laughs> Small man. Small world, man. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it. I mean, that's. I feel like I I have that small world thing at you know at least once every couple of weeks I run into someone that I've like never heard of and they're like oh you know these guys and these people and yeah. like we went to the there was a lady who uh, um, she wanted to book some studio time at Third Coast and um, someone had tagged Third Coast in like a Facebook in her Facebook status and I shot her a message like hey here's some stuff to check out and. And then she kind of explained her background. And I was like, how is it that you like, 
oh, you went to the same church I grew up at. You like mm-hmm. know a lot of the same people in the church music scene in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Like part of your band is people that I've played with a lot before. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just like how? Yeah, yeah. like the music, <laughs> the music world, the music realm in itself is very, uh, it's very exclusive. And they're, you know, if you know a person, then they know like five other people. It's like, oh, the connections are so so easy they're they're way easier to make especially in like I, I feel like especially on the west side you know i feel like everybody knows everybody over there which is which is awesome because it's not necessarily like that on the east side <laughs> yeah i i meet bits and pieces of the east side through like friends mm-hmm. who were in music school or like mm-hmm. i don't know just, just occasionally having a gig over on that side right. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, but. well, it's it's weird how how some things like because it's it's not like popularity. I think it's just like some things are like universally known. Some people are universally known. Some some people get their name out there better than others. You know, like there's there's uh, so when I was in college, I studied in Barcelona for my last summer in college, um, and there was this bar that I went to. I don't I don't. It was called Coco Vale, Coco Vale, and they had a founder sticker in in their bar and i was like this is this is wild and then i i ended up like meeting the owner i was like hey that's a dope sticker dude like i'm from that rough area on, on the globe and mm-hmm. he like found out that i played trumpet because no lie i was being a nerd i had my trumpet with me <laughs> and i ended up like i was over there in the summertime so he ended up like hiring me to play the national anthem the american national anthem in barcelona on independence day i was like wow this is, oh wow this is wild <laughs> wild <laughs> never would have cool, thought man. that would have happened you know yeah oh that's really cool yeah just those little like conversation starters with strangers and you're like, yeah. how do you know this person or this place? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So do they wild. sell? Do they sell founders over there? Like, is that a thing? The I mean, company's owned by, I think, a Spanish company now. Like the oh, bi- really? the the overarching company, um, mm. bought the brand. But I think this there's mm. still the same like, there's similar ownership and upper management. I don't really know too much. Mm-hmm just from what i was told when i'd mm-hmm. see an article of like it's being sold and i'm like what does that mean <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. well like parent companies and all that kind of stuff it's just it's so crazy how large companies can get now like <laughs> yeah it's like stumble you try not to like you know as I, as i'm getting things i'm getting a couple videos ready and i'm like wanting to use my own music and it's like okay you know cd baby still technically owns it because of distribution so i got to figure that out and then even then you know like umg might be just worm its way in there and be like that's actually our music you're like how do you own Uh, how yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Hmm. dude releasing music that's that's something i feel like is is a learning curve for a lot of people i know if i went to try and release an album right now it'd be a huge learning curve for me because pretty much 
almost yeah pretty much every project that i've been on that is released i did not release it like i (laughs) went in and recorded it (laughs) and then someone else did all of that shit you know so it's it's wild there's so much that goes into it yeah and there's so much like it it assumes that like every band is like you know like the kind of personality that's like super organized (laughs) and like understands Mm -hmm. that an album is not just like, Oh, it's the studio. And then we put it out and then the world loves it. It's like, it's months (laughs) of planning and branding meetings. And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, we, with earth radio's recent release, we had (laughs) like, I'm, I'm glad we're working with, um, uh i can't remember the name of his group like the company he works with or maybe it's his own company but uh paul jensen this um muskegoner who uh plays drums in tiny tree they're like a okay a duo that um addison is the guitar player and he actually was the guy who engineered earth radio's first album and uh and he's like a dude who'll just build whatever he needs for like an amp or like modifying Mm. a guitar. I think he plays like a nine string guitar. That's like doubling three of the strings or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's all the beef (laughs) tone, I guess. But Paul, uh, we recently um, recruited him for, uh, you know, he's been doing already a really good job of like social media audit and like, here's some things you need to like touch up or tweak. And then he's um, also working with us in Spotify placement, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm surprised we can even still do because, you know, we released the album in August and then we, after the fact, we're like, oh, there's a couple like things that got messed up in the chain somehow <laughs> between yeah. like remote mixing and like, you know, passing mm. off some of the duties to other people. Um, and it was like little things we probably could have, you know, glossed over, but we wanted to like put our best foot forward. So the album was re-released in October <laughs> digitally. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so like to have anyone like have any to have anyone place us on anything or even like you know look at our music with you know the the timeline of like what's new in terms of like placement yeah yeah. i'm 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 happy that it's it's at least doing something (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well Mm. it's it's crazy to look at like how content is consumed across many different platforms you know Mm. like how how your album will do on spotify time wise is totally different than how it might do on youtube you Mm. know like i feel like like when whenever i put like a video on youtube i feel like it lives there for forever and the goal is not necessarily for someone to be watching it right now but it's for in the future if someone finds something else of ours and they go to our channel then they'll enjoy what's already on there you know yeah it's it's, it's longevity of uh longevity of uh your audience mm-hmm. we were just talking about that too it's like just yeah you know your audience are are they true to you and your music 
like across the board. They might not like a couple songs here and there, but like if you can attract them to your YouTube channel, you know, and if that, I, that stuff, that still happens with uh, paddle bots all the time. You know, we haven't been putting a whole lot of stuff out on YouTube lately, but you know, we still get people coming in, you know, once, once you create that buzz, then it just kind of snowballs on itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking of like, there's this guy who I saw, you know, it's weird with the YouTube algorithm. Sometimes you'll get like, hey, did you see this three minute Simpsons clip from 10 years ago? Or, mm-hmm. or yeah. here's this guy you've never heard of. And uh, there was one time where this guy did, I saw a guy um, probably from watching uh, Kayvon Carter's stuff. Um, he... Uh, uh youtube was like oh here's another dude kind of doing churchy music comedy type skits and it was a guy who just like with his apartment background or like a zoom background of like a a gospel church (laughs) setting Mm -hmm. he was like you know he did like different types of church drummers different you know like the different types of ushers the right and you know at the time he only had like you know a few thousand views and i was like okay this guy is like like he's he's set up to like have one of these like do well and one of these blow up yeah yeah and and i and i got recommended the church drummer video again it has like a million and a half plays Dang. <laughs> and i'm like he did it he's <laughs> he did the <laughs> there you go there's a, keep going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude there it's go. wild how things can just like catch fire and that's like like tiktok is one of the things that i've been really trying to crack like like what what does really really well on tiktok and it's it's a shame to me to see so many videos on tiktok of people using popular sounds and not adding anything to the video or they do at the video because they know it's popular and they just sit there like (laughs) this is the whole time yeah yeah (laughs) like that's that's the whole video and it's like it's like it's i know those things do well but how do you become that like iconic like i mean like lizzo on tiktok now is i mean lizzo's huge everywhere now but lizzo on tiktok specifically like my mom who does not really listen to a whole lot of music my mom follows lizzo on tiktok and i'm like (laughs) you know who lizzo is she's like yeah yeah and she starts like singing and i'm like mom i think that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that's I think that's huge that your mom's even on TikTok, man. Like, Dude, the only reason I'm on TikTok <laughs> is because my mom's on TikTok. Really? Dude, seriously. I, <laughs> I was so hilarious. against getting on TikTok. And my mom, every single day, I'm telling you, she would send me like five, six, seven videos on TikTok a day. And I was like, fine, mom, I'll get on TikTok. <laughs> and now I'm addicted. I'm addicted. Yeah. I, I feel like as soon it's as I... Great. I just joined like a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks. I don't know. December's flying by. It's, um, Dude, every, yeah. Yeah. And everything feels like, oh, it's all March 14 when everything <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but as soon as I joined, I, you know, there was some recommended from, it probably was from like accounts that I had linked so like trying to link up similar contacts and stuff but there is you know i saw a student i used to have at um 
when I, I was a, a choir accompanist at Allendale High School mm. for a year. And uh, one of the students in, I can't remember which choir, but I knew, you know, she was into anime and she would come like with either f- more fleshed out kind of cosplay stuff or like, you know, just the hair, just a, you know, some kind yeah. of thing that's like anime. And um, right. she, her thing is doing those kind of cosplays, but also with, you know, kind of the lip dub, sometimes song related, sometimes like, duetting with another cosplayer doing a scene and she's got like you know 200 some thousand followers (laughs) there you go i'm like she's she did she did it she's figuring out yeah caleb caleb elzinga he's he does like he puts out like a couple crazy saxophone stuff uh i think he put out that video of uh him playing the iwi and like starting at the really high register and playing all the way down or vice versa and it got like thousands of views (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's seriously it is wild. I'm I'm trying to crack it. I should check. I posted uh that video that I posted today of Andy <laughs> Andy sussing super art. I posted it on TikTok and I haven't looked at it. So I'm like, I wonder how many views it has. I was a couple seltzers deep by that point. <laughs> yeah. There um, there was dude. one point where you're like, dude, I had too many seltzers. And I was like, bro, I've been <laughs> drinking all day. And I was like, we should not put that in there. <laughs> or should we? <laughs> or should we? Um, but uh, even like my girlfriend's brother, like he had um, the, uh, let's see if I, these right here, like the, the divot fixers, like for golf. Oh, yeah. He has he has a he has a, a video that he put on TikTok of him like fixing a divot, and like tagged it. Uh, there's like this channel called Divot Porn. I don't know. <laughs> he got like he got like half a million views on it, dude. Wow. And the video is like four seconds. It's him walking up, sticking this in the ground, and just beep, fixing dude. the divot. Well, what about do you guys know that that 420 dog face dude? He's the guy yeah, who's like yeah. onboarding, drinking cranberry Dude, juice. That's one of my favorite videos, though. Iconic, iconic, <laughs> yeah, and literally sick. the fucking dude was just fucking longboarding <laughs> with some cranberry juice. It looked like though he was longboarding on like an, uh, a freeway entrance. Right, like, it looked yeah. like he was about to get on that freeway. I was like, all right, that takes some balls, man. <laughs> this is true. But now, dude, he has sponsorships now. Like, I was on TikTok and I saw like a sponsored ad from him that was, I don't even remember what it was for, but I was just like, fuck yeah, dude, make that cheddar, bro. I saw him, I think it was an Instagram ad with, um, it was like for, it was for like home security, but it was just like him and Snoop Dogg drinking cranberry juice (laughs) in lawn chairs, looking at the guy installing security. That's fucking (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. That is so uh, cool. Well, it's just crazy because there's there's so much power in that now where you're you don't know what it is. You might think you know what it is, but you have no fucking clue what it is. And when yeah, it blows you up, to, it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you you know? can try to calculate, well, you know, dog face, he did this with the camera and he used this kind of you know what I mean? It's like you could try to diagnose it, but at the end of the day, it, it's not it's gotta be the 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 videos that I've seen that like have gone super viral you hear the backstory it's like off a whim like yeah happenstance yeah yep like the dude who's coming in your window remember that (laughs) oh yeah that was 
I don't, to be honest. The the hide your kids guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah your he snatches your people up. Number <laughs> yeah. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried Classic. to convince Haruki one time to do a paddle boss cover of that song. Yeah, I said no. <laughs> Andy definitely said no. He's like, dude, that song's about rape. That's really bad. I'm like, dude, you're right. Yeah. It's so catchy. <laughs> <laughs> so catchy. So catchy. <laughs> well, and I, I think of the um, uh, the dude, he what, he's on TikTok. All he did was... Um, I think he's, a, he's from Texas, and all he did was, uh, with his phone, go up and ask people in nice cars, like, hey, what do you do for a living? And that's, mm-hmm. and people would, you know, some people would be like, whoa, and like drive away, and other people would be, you know, like, oh, finance, real estate. And then, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. it's people, it's like he's asking the question we're all thinking, seeing like a exactly. dude in a Lambo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that, I wonder what that asshole does. Yeah. Yeah. And That's he's I usually think. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, uh, talk. I saw someone talking with him. Um, I think it was just some YouTube clip from a podcast. And he, you know, like he's doing this. And some of these, <laughs> you know, some of these rich guys are just like, I, I like, I like, uh, I like your spirit. Uh, yeah. I want to give you a job in my, <laughs> I'm like, you're getting work off no. just from asking them, like, <laughs> What do you do? I like your spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's that's I love how you just like slap that uh slap that tone of voice on them too. That's funny. <laughs> I like your spirit. <laughs> like your spirit. <laughs> I made my money in oil. Have you seen uh Fred Armisen's comedy special? The um it's like it's like comedy for drummers or something is the yes. name of the <laughs> I have definitely seen that, dude. And he's I like, I need do, to. He's do he does a bit where he like bounces around the country and does like regional dialects, and he gets to Texas, and there's like, you know, between like Fort Worth and Dallas and Austin, they all have kind of their own little version of Texan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's just going back like Fort Worth, Fort Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, Worth. <laughs> it's, it's right, it, right in the throat. <laughs> Worth. <laughs> that dude is so talented. <laughs> Uh, so good. His story. Uh, I was watching. Um, do you guys watch Howard Stern? I watched clips of Howard Stern. Dude, Howard Stern is one of the greatest interviewers I've ever seen in my life. He's he's very good. He's a he's, very good interviewer. He's very but ballsy like, he, with his interviewing. He's very like, yeah. ballsy. He's like, let's go. He does not care. Yeah, he's like, you're um, in my chair, bitch. Let's go. Right. <laughs> he like. Uh, he was interviewing Fred Armisen. And Fred was talking about the time he met Prince. And he's like, he's like, I went up to him and he was, he had a party after he was hosting Saturday Night Live and he had a party after at his house and they're all like hanging out and he looks over and Prince is just like eating macaroni and cheese by himself. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes up to him and he's like, this is my opportunity. He goes up to him. He's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like, I think you're the greatest. Like I'm a huge fan. This is Fred Armisen saying this to Prince. And Prince was like, you know what I think is the greatest? This macaroni and cheese. And then just like, <laughs> what? and then he just walked away. <laughs> oh, oh that's, like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Prince is full of said, those stories. Yeah. I feel yeah, like all, I... the, all the Charlie Murphy thing, those are all real. Like, those all <laughs> actually happen. 
<laughs> yeah, or like, uh, you know, I read, uh, I forget which place publication made the article, but it was, it was um, an interview with like his personal chef for like the longest time. Um, oh, wow. And she had originally gotten hired, <laughs> like somehow like Prince's people just like contacted her and was like, Hey, Prince is interested in having you like be his chef. And she was like, what? And they were like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, be ready there. You know, we'll call you with, you know, kind of your, you know, you'll kind of get some sort of like, they made it sound like an audition, like, Oh, you'll come cook a meal or like something. Mm -hmm. And then at like two in the morning, one night they call her like, Hey, you know, uh, Ryan Seacrest is going to come over at three and have dinner with Prince. Um, here's kind of the vibe and like what he eats. Can you prepare it? And she's like, what? <laughs> like, at three in the morning? Yeah. So like two, like she gets up, like flies out the door quick, like putting the menu together in her head, grabbing ingredients, gets to Prince's house, makes the meal like, like they don't like they acknowledge her but there's no like and you got the job it was just kind of like right. wow that was delicious thanks so much and then <laughs> like you know goes home probably calms down falls asleep and then like you know that week they're like hey so um you're hired and uh there's another dinner <laughs> and then that's that was like 10 to like 15 years of cooking with them or something oh those have to gotta be like the most insane working hours yeah <laughs> It's like he doesn't yeah. sleep. And he <laughs> yeah, he that also wants dinner at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like well, some shit like that I would do that. though. But it would be easy. I'd yeah. be like, "Hey, um, can you like cook me some pizza rolls? I know it's late, but <laughs> yeah, dude, saw. Can you give me some pizza rolls, saw, dude? <laughs> I know you're like trying to sleep and all, but like it's three and. <laughs> It's three, and I got, like, super baked earlier, and I just, like, really want those pizza rolls, man. I got them in my freezer already. You just got to come pop in the microwave even. I don't care. It'll be good. It's like, I'll, I'll tell you how to use it, but, like, you got to come here. and <laughs> Dude, that's one, that's one thing I haven't had in a bill pizza rolls but that sounds so good dude i haven't had pizza rolls in forever it's been what time is it 8 35 it's been about 18 <laughs> hours <laughs> counting each hour <laughs> what time is <laughs> oh, it's been about uh 30 minutes actually dude. i'm eating them right now dude yeah. when i got back from florida um i so full disclosure i live with my mom Okay. Well, I live next door to my mom. I used to live with my mom. And, and, and when I came back from Florida, I lived with my mom and she like, she bought like a bag of like 150 pizza rolls. I ate all of them in like three days. Oh, <laughs> my dude. mom was like, where did the pizza rolls go? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You literally so had good. them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner then. No, man. dude. I just like, I was. For some reason, That's I don't disgusting. know what it was. Late at night, I was kept getting very hungry and I kept devouring the pizza rolls, man. Dude. I mean, it's only like fifty pizza rolls a day. Come on, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. protein. It's yeah, somewhere. yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there might be a little bit of nutrients in one of those. There's uh, vitamin C. Yeah. <laughs>
Vitamin C in the pizza roll. <laughs> negative two, negative two percent vitamin C. Yeah, you lose vitamins. <laughs> it just takes, it sucks it out of you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I love pizza rolls, dude. I fucking love pizza rolls. They're like my all-time favorite food. It's nostalgic. I I I, just, I remember those. You know. Those weeks were like both my parents working busy. They're like, all right, we went to the store like Sunday or Monday. Like, here's what you got for the week. Like, go crazy. And then you open the freezer and it's like, all right, I got pizza rolls and, uh, you know, like chicken strips and like, <laughs> you know, just throwing back, it together. Back in the day when you could just like eat all that and then you don't feel bad after like your body doesn't feel terrible. Now it's yeah. like I have like I have like a Snickers bar and I feel like I'm gonna pass out and throw up, you know? It's like dude I miss those days. Man. My I miss thing those is, days of being able to eat. My thing's hot food. Oh, I used wow. to be able to eat spicy food and like be totally fine. And now there's two things that happen. It's <laughs> it's one of the two, it's usually never both. But first one is I get incredibly bad heartburn really really bad heartburn which never used to happen and the second one is i just get the shits so bad for the entire next day it's not just like oh wow those chicken wings are out sweet it's like nope yeah. the whole next 24 hours you're gonna be on and off miserable <laughs> yeah just feeling punished. like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that uh i feel like that happened with me and um with uh with beer because working at founders for the yeah, like man. the first year and a half you i it's like they couldn't stop giving all the employees all of the beer <laughs> and i was like you know what i'm gonna take a break and then you know there was a a couple months in the summer where i didn't really drink and then i you know started working more shifts and tried to like oh i'm just gonna have you know a drink after after my shift and and then the next day I'd, I'd feel like sort of hungover. I'm like, when did this happen? Yeah. It's like, is alcohol bad for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's so much like, I'm really starting to feel it now that I'm almost 30. Like, yep. Newsflash. Newsflash. I'm almost 30 guys. Dude, um, 20, I'm 28. <laughs> That's I'm 20. Yeah. Are you going gray already, Andy? Dude, I've been going oh gray gosh. for like three years. No, you haven't, dude. Chill out. You're not old. If you look, uh, if you were like in the same room, you'd see all this gray hair. Dude, it's I've been in the piercing. same room with you a lot of times. Not lately. It's COVID, man. I know, um, but still. But so for instance, Dutcher, you're saying like beer. Yep. The other, like last week we were at uh, one of the bars downtown Plymouth and they have like outdoor seating still with like fireplaces and stuff. So it's really cool. Oh yeah. Um, but they just had the the Christmas ale that came out. I think it was um, uh, it wasn't Founders Christmas ale, was it? It was uh, shorts. I don't know. Maybe oh, it was yeah. Founders. I don't. Know. Um, all I remember is Christmas ale. That was Bells. Bells. Oh, and, yep, uh, Bells. It was so good. And then the next thing I know, I'm like five or six deep in up, and I'm like toasted. And then, the, but the next day was horrific. Like it was so bad. And I'm like, this is new. I've never been like, I've usually been able to put down stuff like this before and like not feel this way. 
it was like just oh it was the worst man it's like well that's very off-putting yeah dude it's it's wild because i i whenever i get hung over i'm usually very very hung over but it's just like the hangovers feel the same but they happen with way less booze you know what i mean it's like that if what if i used to drink six beers the hangover that i had now takes me three beers to get you know what i mean dude and guess what it only gets worse bro yeah great yeah so excited yeah what are you like 22 yeah no i'm actually 17 yeah. I'm 12 years old. <laughs> I like it like from the bench warmers. I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Written in crayon. <laughs> no, dude, I'm 26, bro. I'm 26. Oh. Dude, it's funny because everybody's like, dude, once you turn 25, man, your body starts changing, you'll start gaining weight. And it was like right when i turned 25 like a month later i put on like 15 pounds i was like what the yeah. hell happened <laughs> who did Dude, this? yes was this Your metabolism satan? starts slowing down yeah. <laughs> <It's a satan. laughs> yeah that's well and and this year for me it was like it with everything like slowing down there was that moment of like you know there were days where like oh i'm actually getting like normal sleep and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not like, like, go, 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 like every single right. yeah, day yeah. or, and, and now it's like, it, it's, it's been nice to have that kind of, you know, my body, like taking a second to be like, oh, this is like, hey man, I wanted to check in like between all the crazy, like it was so busy. I didn't give you time to, you know, <laughs> yeah, let you know yeah. these things are up with what's yeah 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 and so i feel like it's like like in a normal schedule too um because every year around like this time like in january i would get like ridiculously sick really because um, it's just like so go like what you're just saying dutcher you're like just going so and then finally your body's like all right dude like you need a break you know <laughs> it's like and i would get like dude i would just be out for like a week it's like done um, yeah i thought you know every there I, I you know there's some people i ran into that are like yeah they're gonna have covid like you know mm-hmm. january when i like sneezed and it's like I don't <laughs> that. but i thought i had a weird like you know like last year first week of december i went on tour with mark lavingo we went out to colorado and back and then the week and a half like leading into christmas i was super sick and then I got better like between Christmas and New Year's. And then I got hit again going into the residency that I was doing at West Shore Community College. Mm. I got better like the week before I went to Nam, went to Nam the week after, got sick for two weeks again. And I was just like, Dang, man. Uh, <laughs> just trying yeah. to do Dang. the schedule. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's brutal. It's, I think it's interesting too. It's like, when somebody gets sick now, how, how long is that going to be too? Like when somebody gets sick, like how long do you think it's going to take before, you know, beforehand it's like, Oh, he's sick. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And like, there's always that underlying, like, well, I don't want to be around them because they're sick, you know, but like now yeah. it's, Oh, they're sick. So they got a quarantine for two weeks and then. Yeah. 
It's know? also like, hey, so. stay away from me, you disgusting. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to be near you. It's seriously, I get, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I freak out about this this shit. Like I, every time I go to the store, and I live in Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant, Michigan, Michigan. where all the all the hicks live. Did I so, take away my freedoms? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. I swear to God, I swear to God. Every time I go to the store, I see one person, just one. Who's not wearing a mask like at all. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, it's there Darryl. is people. Yeah, it's fucking Daryl or Susan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but Daryl or Susan, I know there's somebody watching you at the store. When you walk in, there's somebody saying, are you wearing a mask? Like mm-hmm. if you're not get out or put one on. Right. Right. I know so what your ass wore a mask into the store and took it off when you were in there. Why? What right. is so hard about it, dude? You're here for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a pinch on my freedom. My freedom, freedom isn't free. <laughs> freedom isn't free. Well, I like the hefty fucking fee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the argument that like if you're if you're yelling about your freedoms at someone, they cannot respond with their freedoms. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's yeah. my it's my right. I don't have to wear a mask. Okay, I don't have to serve you. Get out of my restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go freedom oh, yeah. all over the place. You can't freedom here. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Dude, and and that's I don't know. It's just I never, never in my life would have expected masks to become such a political issue like never in my life dude but these are masks and this is oh dude i agree with you you know it's and like like if you if you do this go look up the 10 deadliest days in american history do it it's the past 10 days essentially there's 9-11 and pearl harbor in there you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, and someone then la- and then last Wednesday and then last yeah. Tuesday and then last Friday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, and then, like tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, no, this is a fake. You're right. <laughs> Dicks. <laughs> well, and you know, it's like it, it's it's someone put it on a, a podcast I listened to. Um uh I don't know if I mentioned it or if I was listening to it when I was on your guys' podcast, but uh Behind the Bastards. I don't know mm. if I mentioned that one. Yeah, um, yeah I remember yeah. you mentioned that one. Yeah, so they, you know, the, the host or is either the host or the guest, they were saying like, yeah, you know, it's basically like a 9-11 is happening every day, but worse. <laughs> yeah. Like the spectacle of 9-11 in terms of, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and the building falling, like all of that, right. obviously like different in terms of the presentation. It's not as like yeah. spread out, but it's still like the the death toll is like yeah like three thousand some people a day or something that's yeah. like that's like three of nine elevens every yeah. day yeah dude it's <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable and it's it's incredibly scary incredibly scary and to to think that we still have so much more to go through of this virus and we're not we're not even able to address so many of the other underlying societal problems that we have because this virus is happening and everyone is like, 
if you believe the virus and that means all of your views are this one way and if you don't believe in this virus that means that you you are part of this you know stupid group of people and everybody's just fighting all the time and it's like listen there's i i have to believe like in my life partially because i know so many people that believe in stark contrast to things that i believe that they are good people they are good people. Mm-hmm. Not everyone who has differing opinions are bad people. They are just ignorant to how these things harm other people because they don't harm them. So it's, it. I don't know. It's just, there's, there's so many things that we need to take care of and we need to make sure that these people who aren't total pieces of shit actually understand the problems that are happening, you know? Right. And there's also a lack of like, I think this is tends to be human nature too. It's like a, a negative characteristic of human nature, but there's a lack of uh, admitting that you're wrong. You know, that takes mm-hmm. a, that takes a bold person to admit like, you know what? I was wrong. You're correct. But you don't see that as much now, especially with like social media. It's like people, you see it from both sides. People just beat it, beat their ideas down until, and it doesn't matter if they're backed into a corner, you know? Yeah. Um, they're just gonna, they're, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a, that's an unfortunate characteristic of a lot of human beings. Yeah. Um, well, it's wild. In this case, because... I mean, it's, it's apparent because it's, it's a very easy thing to do to wear your mask. And you have all of these people saying, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, like the crazy thing is that like there's, there's checks and balances in society within interactions with people, there's checks and balances. Like if I come up to, to a bunch of people who are agreed upon that the earth is round and I'm like, dude, the earth is flat. Then all these people are going to be like, dude, you're fucking wrong. And then that will like force you to reevaluate that situation because there's so many people that are saying, no, dude, this is, this is incorrect. Look here, look here. Mm -hmm. But in the age of social media, now there's so much misinformation any facts that you feel like you believe you can find information that supports it and instantly be in touch with a group of people that will support that idea. So it's not Mm -hmm. only do you not want to be wrong, but it's, you are emboldened by other people who believe the same wrongs because you are now entitled to your own set of facts. Yeah. Ah. It's like you get more, it's like, it's weird because I I think of like, you're getting like, you know, it's like you're building these little micro armies of, of people that are like, they're trying to wage war on like a, you know, an understood truth of how things are, but it's like they're, they're arming themselves with guns and like getting bullets, but you've, you know, they're firing these guns and it's like, these bullets aren't really like, they're doing some things, but it depends on who they're shooting it at. (laughs) It's, 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 it's a weird yeah. well and you know thinking of like just how strange of a time you know covid's made doing you know obviously like you know the performing aspect of it and the music stuff in in public but even like the 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 back end strategy of like you know i i had a conversation with um the folks at Crooked Tree Creative, because we haven't done anything since the shutdown, because <laughs> there hasn't been any like concrete, like, okay, maybe we can book this place outside. Like, is the same person going to be the contact? Like, what's happening? Who's right. taking things seriously? And so, you know, we're looking into next year. 
and it's like where like i know i'm gonna it, once you know january hits i'm gonna have to spend like two weeks probably probably longer like each day a chunk of time going over like here are the places i played in 2019 let's see who's still there let's see who's still open let's see you know what's going on and it's like i don't know if you like because you guys haven't really like been i mean you're a big group um but you haven't like been doing a ton of stuff other than you know remote things or personal projects Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've had any of those discussions as a group Yeah not, yeah, not really. really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I went over because uh, Haruki works at that studio now, so yeah, I worked. I went over and like we started working on some drum stuff last week, but for some new tunes. Um, but as far as the mainframe to how to release music, that's something that we gotta we still gotta discuss because you know, yeah, it's tough. I mean, to, you can't you couldn't release music in the months leading up to the election. It just like in like the the last month, like you could not release any music because it's (laughs) it's the election, you know. Yeah, it would just get lost. So like, I think there was a lot more than that too. You know, it was like not (laughs) only just the election, but there's George Floyd, and yeah, you know, then there's COVID nineteen, and there's just so much stuff that's happening where it's like, should we at this point? Should we mm. not? And and it's just I don't know. I think I think everybody is taking their own their own route to whether we should or we shouldn't, and navigated their own ways. And I feel like we are trying to do the same. It's just taking us a little bit longer than than others. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely not a race, uh, especially this year. Like I've I've been talking with people who, you know they it's it's either been their most creative time like having the extra time or it's been like they've done everything but pick up their instrument or record anything or yeah they just like they don't really know they don't feel motivated because like i feel like you know people on the outside looking in I think of like when, you know, Trump became president and everyone was saying to all the comedic writers and comedians like, oh, this will be easy, easy four years. You got all the material. <laughs> and like every comedian's just like, no, like we still have to think. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just like mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. react. And, and you know, the public looking in is like, oh man, this is such a defining moment of our time. Like you have so much thing, so much you could write about. And it's like, well, you know, not every situation warrants a response from, you know, the, like the same artist doesn't have to respond to everything. <laughs> yeah, the, right. it, it's, it should be like, what's, what's motivating. Like some, mm-hmm. some people probably don't want to write a, like, Oh, it's my quarantine EP. And then it's all, you know, mm-hmm. lyrics about like, I was inside and I didn't do much. <laughs> and <laughs> It's like, but this is, you I recorded an album. <laughs> And that's, that's good much. that's good i'm gonna steal that <laughs> great, that's great tune. i was inside and i didn't do much i just saw what, you singing coldplay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's literally the same melody i know i know <laughs> well and, and i saw a video from uh what's his name juan ariza 
Um, mm. He's a great, like I first found out about him because he used to do like rock and metal covers when he was like a Berkeley student. And mm-hmm. now he's into like kind of the, like the pop production side of things. And he's gotten on some recordings that got Grammy nominated this year. Um, but his videos are all like this mix of like, you know, they have a, they have a vibe that's like, it's like, I know this is a new song, but it kind of feels nostalgic or like, like it has, and, and like the way he presents with like little, um, you know, familiar, like stuff you'd see it like, Oh, there's these emojis, but they're used in a certain way. Like, not necessarily just smiley faces, but like little little gifts and animations and things. But yeah, he he made a video that was it just keeps looping, <laughs> and it was like I haven't left my house in three months, but I th- I think that's okay, or maybe it's a problem that it's it's okay. And then he's like, maybe I'll go for a walk, and then it cuts to like several months later. I've been in my house for three months. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, it do like the looping. SpongeBob? Oh yeah, yep. Three months later. Three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and uh, just seeing that, I'm like, yep, that's kind of how it's been feeling. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Well, you know, for every one of us who is lucky enough to make it through this time, because you know we can't forget that there's a lot of a lot of people who are not gonna be mm-hmm. making it through or haven't made it through already. Mm-hmm. for all of us who are lucky enough to make it through, it's going to be a crazy time to look back on, you know, mm-hmm. what, how will this change society? I've been thinking for myself. It's like, I no longer feel comfortable around people without a mask on. Like, mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm like, I don't know how long that's going to take me to, to change that. You know, right. like even I, I have some really close friends that, you know, we'll do like outdoor social distance hangs every once in a while, like do a bonfire or something. And still I find myself, I'm like, there's two people that I hang out with. There's literally two people and still being around those guys are arguably some of the people I trust most in this world. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, cause you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's well, and and there's so much of like, I've been I've been really like seeing, you know, the the interesting trend of like, you know, thinking of people who make things or involved in like creative pursuits or careers, and it's like okay, uh, Colbert and Seth Meyers and all these late night hosts all were like, all right, all we got is YouTube and that's kind of where we start. And then it goes out to the network. So it's like before it's like they have their network format with the live audience, laugh tracks, the, you know, the guests, the whatever. And now it's like, okay, um, it's a room or a set, (laughs) And then the guest mm-hmm. is usually virtual or pre-recorded in a separate thing. And then right. like, you know, the, the, even just a little thing like, okay, you don't really, most people don't really care if Jack Nicholson is sitting physically in the chair, as long as he's just mm-hmm. visible. <laughs> like most people are like, that's right. Jack Nicholson. So then it's like, <laughs> how much, how much is that going to change? Like, you know, just the, like are are people going to spend cuz it you know businesses 
at different levels are like figuring out where they're cutting costs and it's like all right we don't need a giant like like i think of um in grand haven one of the uh uh businesses um c3 uh i think it's like creative compassion center or something it's it's three c's having to do with or community probably um Mm -hmm. and uh it's basically like a bunch of people who went through traditional church and then they grew up into like you know like more left-leaning people who were like we don't want to just hear christian dogma we want to have someone talk about civil rights and then have a local band play and then do so it's like Mm -hmm. a church format without the 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 religion attached to it and they have they used to have an office in like a bigger commercial space and now it's like their office where they meet like a couple times a month and then their couple employees work is like one of the offices in third coast which is only slightly bigger than my office (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah that's like that's huge too is a lot of businesses are you know they're like should we burn all this money on all these buildings or should we just like you know downsize and have a lot of people work virtually you know save a lot of money in the long run dude well it's just it's it's gonna be so interesting to see how things emerge from this like when Mm -hmm. things are quote-unquote back to normal you know like what is what is that really gonna look like because i think this has exposed huge opportunities for education you know like do i think that online schooling is the way not for everyone but for some kids potentially and there's i i think that the way that this could have been handled would have been so great like if instead of being like well we're not going to shut down the schools it's like we should have planned for the worst scenario you know planned for the schools not being open plan for doing everything online learn how to do this teach the teachers how to do this because especially in the summertime yeah they have three months to learn how to do this i mean they closed down in march so it's like they were learning on the job until you know (laughs) june and then it's like you guys have like three months where you could just go ham you know go hard on this learn how to do this but i think that that's a huge opportunity now you know remote learning and remote working you know I, and I feel like that would make people happier too. Like at least remote working. I know I like working remote. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. It's definitely like, you know, I've seen the argument of like, you know, some people, you know, it's like, Oh, remote learning. Some people might have a bad home environment. And then that sucks that they're always in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't, you know, learn as well. And then other times it's, you know, the flip side, like they, like, oh, I, I don't get harassed and bullied constantly being at school. I can just interact with my close friends and and just mm-hmm. do what I like doing without having to worry about the that social nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like the the um, the kind of like it, it's funny to think of back with my my sister did an accelerated year of high school where she she was in she went to the high school i went to city high school and then she or grand Rapids city high school i guess is the full name Mm -hmm. and and then like her junior year she switched to um i can't remember the name of the the education company it was it felt like a company because it was a hybrid schooling system they had a building that was like a floor of an office space and they do like three days there and then you know thursday through sunday they'd have like online work 
and at the time we were like oh this is kind of weird like but i guess it, you know it works like she can finish her work way earlier at like at home than she would just wasting time at school and that led her to graduate early um mm-hmm. but yeah so there's you know that definitely people are are like really just ready to have like more kind of control over their environments versus like mm. kind of being like well i have i have to be at this building <laughs> from yeah, seven thirty right. until 2 <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. yeah but, it's just it's yeah. just really wild like i feel like our whole education system needs a, a revamp you know like we, we need to be able to use the technologies that we have better Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, it's very important uh, with this new administration too. Like Joe Biden's wife has a doctorate in education, mm-hmm. but according to a lot of people, it doesn't matter if you have a doctorate. You don't say that you really have a doctorate unless you can cure diseases. That article yes. is so crazy. <laughs> it's like I, you're. It's insane, man. It's crazy. But she has a doctorate in education, so the, it's mm-hmm. like automatically that's going to take more priority which how the hell does education not take top priority or at least yeah. one of the top priorities you fix our education system you fix everything it's a trickle down effect yeah you might not see it immediately but you will see it yeah, yeah. like my i was just i i have a friend in town um i went to high school with uh and he lives with his girlfriend out in Oregon right now. They just moved out of California. And uh, his girlfriend's originally from Texas. And we were, you know, walking around the Blanford Nature Center, um, which mm-hmm. is like a chunk of property in Grand Rapids that, um, you know, it, it has like a little animal hospital. It's got like a small event space for other stuff. But it also has a school um that's a sixth grade program that i went to with my friend Mm. and that was the first time where i was like you know like this is this is how all school should be because it it was a mix of like you know there were days where they would just let you know they're like we don't really have anything planned like let's just let them just let them do things yeah and then so like we'd go to lunch and then the next time we'd hear from them be like all right buses are here and we're like what (laughs) wait a minute Mm, (laughs) and like we would we would have days where we would like because the it was a you know a short walk like maybe 10 minutes um to from the school to uh the nature center and we would we would be you know part of our lessons and and other stuff that we would prepare as part of the school program part of since the nature center had a little bit more room than the building had at the time for the school we would go to the nature center so there'd be times where we were just unsupervised like walking these trails to like Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes people would just like disappear for an hour (laughs) or two but they (laughs) they at least were like you know what we've set the standard we're not going to hold your hand like you you got to show up here we'll know if you're gone there's only 60 of you like Yeah. (laughs) yeah But like, I think that's so important because right now the system that we currently have is a system of numbers, you know, that's what standardized tests are. So people, school districts feel they have to teach to the numbers in order to get funding. 
you know, yep. so everything's everything's put around these standardized tests. So kids have to sit in a classroom for six, seven hours a day, every day. It's like draining. It's soul sucking. It's like, but doing stuff like that, that sparks curiosity. Like if you can spark curiosity in a kid, it's game over. You know, yeah. it's like they, they will, they will learn if they are curious. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's just, that's just one thing for me that I like. It's I'm I'm hopping on the TikTok TikTok trend that well it's the X for me no it's that's like what hey. it is though it's like how every, <laughs> no but it's like how how we have a certain number of facts that we are supposed to have memorized by the time we finish school and instead of thinking like supposedly we go to school so we can learn how to be a contributing member of society. Right. Mm -hmm. So why not take something that you're interested in as a young kid that will eventually contribute to society and nurture that, you know, nurture that thing let them explore those things because when they're exploring something that they're interested in, I don't give a fuck if you know long division i don't care like like you'll you'll figure it out and you'll be great at this thing that you love and that will make society better you know yeah well and i I was gonna say like the reason why i brought up my friend's girlfriend being from texas is that as me and my friend are reminiscing of like yeah that's where we had these things called magic spots and it was like you would just go into the woods and like journal for an hour and it didn't matter like what time of year it was like you got time to journal if you wanted to or you could just like hang back and and like you know lessons weren't just like all right here's uh here's different types of owls it'd be like all right we got an owl in the animal (laughs) hospital let's go look at it or like Mm -hmm. uh, like oh you can see some owls like we found we found some on the trails let's go cross-country skiing and we've learned cross-country skiing and like you know, do a two mile loop and just see a bunch of nature. And then that'd be like half the day. And <laughs> cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, so that's, cool. Really cool. that's yeah. That's the way. And I, you know, I, obviously there's, there needs to be some room for, you know, creating or uh, teaching logic. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Teaching, you know, and that's what mathematics provides that, that, uh, um, you know, sense of, uh, problem solving and stuff like that, you know, but you can do that in ways that you can still do that while creating, like doing activities like that. You don't necessarily just need to be sitting in front of a book for eight hours. Yeah. And we, Um, you know, we'd have like paired kind of lessons with like, I, I was joking about the, um, the way that they taught us economics was like, it was a mixture of this book called Bosconomics. And there's this character, like called Bosco and he it, it followed him from literal like caveman bartering trading days to like the evolution of society into like oh well these people formed this and they in the way they did things that's called like socialism and this is capitalism and this is um but then we'd also get uh a very small like hands-on thing of taking care of a um a chicken coop and mm-hmm. the the eggs would be you know, gathered by like an area farmer who like that, those are technically his chickens, but um, we would still like rotate even during like breaks, you know, like, Oh, it's Christmas break. All right. You're doing the, the, these couple days, you're doing these couple days. Like everyone knew how to like work 
that type of thing. And then they would explain like, yeah, you know, they take the eggs and sell them for this much and the money goes here. It's like just giving us a hands-on like that egg you just got is going to this person's breakfast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it, it, you know, that's, that makes me as a kid, just way more curious. That's not, that's like, you're answering a question. It sounds like a kid would ask, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, it's, it's, it's like the difference between like, like static learning and engaged learning. Like when there's something there that you can touch, like that's, you have to be engaged. They're like, all right, you got to take care of this chicken or else this, this thing is going to die. Like this is depending (laughs) on its life. And then you learn math through that, you know, like that's the way, instead of just sitting there and, you know, and there are merits to things that happen in school. I don't want it to sound like I'm just like dogging all of education because, you know, there are some, some good things about it but you know i just think the fact that we are supposedly as advanced of a society as we supposedly are you know it's <laughs> it's to not have our education system further down the line it's just it just seems it seems like our education system is archaic you know mm-hmm. well yeah it's it's again I don't want to get too like political or anything like that, but it's what happens when you have the government get too involved. They need to see numbers. They need to see statistics. What's the easiest way to do that? You just take tests, test, yep. test, test. That's like what Dude. you do. And then, so they have to accommodate their entire curriculum. A teacher has to accommodate their entire curriculum around these stupid tests. And, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but as me as a kid, I was a bad test taker. I was just a bad test. I couldn't, I wasn't good at taking tests like, you know, and then you have like these giant important tests like the ACT and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it's like, maybe that's not what you're meant to do as a kid. That's why I, you know, I like what um, a lot of like Western Europe, uh, especially like Switzerland. Um, uh, what's another thing like, Sweden maybe too. I know Switzerland for sure, but like their education system is not the model underneath is not teach to the test. It's teach to understand. Yeah. You know, it's like you're teaching your students to understand. You're not teaching your students to memorize facts. It's just a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Understanding something is so different than I could, I could, I could recite the, uh, the Pythagorean (laughs) theorem to you. I don't know why that's applicable to anything though. I don't understand it. I could just recite it to you. A squared plus B squared equals C squared, you know, Wait. but like, why, why is that a thing? You know? Yeah. Cause you so want to find I, the hypotenuse, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to find a hypotenuse then? You it's know all a I mean? metaphor for <laughs> life, man. Yeah. Get with the times. Dude. You got to think outside the box, bro. Um, I'm hypotenuse right now. <laughs> 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 that was great. That was, I'm that high pot news right now. <laughs> oh my god. I'm high on pot news. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, but like that's you know, that's 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 always been my thing is and that's why I think it's good to, you know, if you're a, a music educator in particular, you don't necessarily have um there's not a test for that in the standardized. There's not a standardized test. So you have a little bit more wiggle room, but they're already set preset standards in, I had to learn all of this 
you know, getting an education degree, it's like there are preset standards already set for you. There's a Michigan curriculum for music. You don't necessarily have to follow it, but the curriculum's already set, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you said something earlier about like teaching you the numbers because that's where funding comes from, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting because a lot of people don't think about taxes the same way when in reality, if you look at the history of where taxes came from, it, it is the same. It's about numbers. And that's why businesses have a completely different view about taxes and trying to pay the least amount of taxes. And that's why the lower and middle class always get fucked over from taxes. And it's because these big businesses and these people who are rich, like they know the tax laws and their goal is to keep as much money as possible. Whereas the government, if they don't use all of the money, then they will get smaller budgets in the following years. So they right. need to spend all of their money. So that way they can make more money essentially. Mm -hmm. And since these businesses and these corporations have loopholes that they are legally allowed to use, you know, like if you have an S corporation and you can say, well, you know, I just bought a new company car or, you know, like all the stuff that your company technically owns, but it's these rich people that own it. So they don't have to pay taxes on it. So since the rich people who have all the money are exploiting these laws, which are is totally legal, you know, it's yep. totally legal for them to do that. And, and they're incentivized to do that. That's why the lower and middle classes keep getting fucked over with taxes. And, and, and it's a numbers game. You know, the government wants to keep these big departments. These people in government want to keep making as much money as they're making. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a numbers thing. We need to look at necessities and where are people's where are people's money? And then going back to education, where are their skills going to be utilized the best? Where do you, well, that also like goes back to that trickled sound too, because property taxes, if you go to like lower middle and lower income suburbs, like property taxes are way lower. The, the districts get a cut of that property tax. Um, I know the school district that I work in, there's a, there's a wide variety of, you know, there's high income there's, and there's very low income and uh, a lot of our district, there's a lot of, there's a whole section of our district that is all trailer parks mm -hmm. and there's no property taxes on trailer parks. Mm -hmm. So we don't, there's no money coming in from there. So those districts that are crippled because of that, the, because they're not getting as much tax money from the get go. So if you yeah. don't have as much tax money from the get go, you don't have a solid basis to 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 create uh, to create a, a good learning environment where kids can like be productive and you know mm -hmm. kick butt on these tests. You know, yeah, it's just it's a crazy crazy trickle down system. It's very complex, but at the same time, it's it's if we had some bipartisan agreement on some things, I think it would be a very <clears throat> easy fix over time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with this whole like bipartisan thing. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. Like, what do you mean? Like not like, being bipartisan? No, like, well, yeah, yeah. So like the, you're saying the like, you're saying like system. the idea of the, the idea of the two party yeah. system. It's like mm -hmm. ridiculous to me. It's like absolutely mm -hmm. mind blowing that, mm -hmm. that we, we are like, well, you know, this, that's in my opinion. I'm gonna go on a minor political rant, but this is totally oh, how Donald go. Trump got Fuck. elected. 
<laughs> is not a good business person. He is not truly conservative. He is not. He just says what he knows these people want to fucking hear. And he makes everyone think that all, he makes all these low income people in the country believe that he's trying to work for them. When in reality, it's like, listen, nobody's get nobody's going to make these jobs appear out of nowhere. We have technology that's making these go away. That's like saying that, like, oh, we now have the wheel. Oh, well, let's use this boxy ass fucking rock that we were using as a wheel before. That'll that'll still do. It's like, no, that's not what's going to happen. But he goes and he fucking panders to these people. He says exactly what they want to fucking hear. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. Because they don't understand. It's like, no, dude. Sorry. There's thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna like the one addition. I was just thinking, like, you know, on his way out, he's still like he's like, I gotta I gotta fight for you know, I gotta fight for you. It's just, I, the fraud is it's it's it affects you, it's fraud. And then you look at his website, it's like donate to me, but all donations under eight thousand just go to me, they don't go to the legal fund and it's like, oh, so you're just getting one last little chunk of change before you got to go. Like, apparently, he 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 wants to go to Florida, and all his neighbors are like, "Don't come here." <laughs> They're like, oh, "We don't want man. you here." We because apparently he he um, there is like some you know decades ago he basically like signed away his right to live on that property <laughs> to like get oh. people to come live in the in the club and he's and they're like we don't want you here you're just gonna bring negative attention to the yeah to our neighborhood he's gonna have to yeah. live in canada <laughs> he's gonna have to live in like i don't know dubai or something yeah they're not trump dubai there i don't know those sultans yeah. would want him <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't know they'll probably uh, like him oil there. barons yeah there's that there's that picture of him with like Sa the saudi arabian government with that big orb that i still don't know what that was for it was just like a big glowing orb and you're like is this the legion of doom like what happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. it's the illuminati man yeah. the illuminati. it's like honestly oh, though they're actually illuminated <laughs> dude what I, what i just don't believe is how there is a group of people who like believe in QAnon. Mm -hmm. And then also believe that, like, I, I don't know, just like also believe that Donald Trump is for them. It's like, how can you listen Blue to collar all billionaire. of this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how can you listen to all of the shit that he has said? Listen to all of these high level Republicans who have came out and spoken against him. Like, you're going to tell me that fucking Mad Dog Mattis is a Democrat? You're going to tell me that shit. He's a, he's a commie. Commie <laughs> government. Yeah. Well, and, like, you know, that's that's why I've been enjoying as much as it has been, like, like some of those episodes you're like, this person was real and this is how they affected the world negatively. Um, mm -hmm. Listening to Behind the Bastards, like, there's an episode, a couple episodes on Roy Cohn. Um, there's also been a couple documentaries, I guess, on Netflix that have been made about him and Roy Cohn was like you know this dude it he's a dude that like Trump still wants in his life but he only has Giuliani and then Giuliani's not working <laughs> like Roy Cohn was like I'm the lawyer to the mafia during the time where the mafia controlled the union so I'm the guy that can get you the concrete at the best price to build your buildings and that's how he, Trump got his building built 
Um, and then, oh man, and Roy Cohn was also like, you know, a very outspokenly, like, you know, very openly gay person and used his wealth to kind of distance himself from ever having to like be a part of that community in his, in his own perception. Mm -hmm. Um, so he, you know, he was with, uh, he was like a fan of like Joe McCarthy's like red scare. And also the, uh, I guess there was the lavender scare where I didn't realize it was 20% of the workforce had been like basically interrogated. Like, Hey, you know, are you, are you homosexual? Cause you know, if you are like, uh, we're a Christian nation and you're going to lose your job and like all, like all these things could be affected. But you think like a fifth of every working person, <laughs> like or a fifth of the working population had to go through these like random interrogations and like yeah. wow, this man. and that just after like everyone being blacklisted and you know the the red scare with communism and you know it's still kind of <clears throat> lingers today and in, in parts of like how people think about the world and um it's yeah it's so weird to see like what people like what people will do in, in as a way of self-preservation but also as like a lack of understanding what they're supporting <laughs> yeah and they, and they don't like they, they they're not seeing the big picture they're like well if i align myself with you know like the police i won't get arrested it's like no mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not say, how it works bro you you are still just as likely like you, you, unless you're like a wealthy person who's able to you know recruit the services of the police to your benefit it's yeah. it's yeah you're still in the the in the line of fire and right yeah it's it's crazy how just the context of everything of like people you know trump's been around for so long that you're like this dude is just he's just alive and he's he's just done so many things that you're like how has nobody yeah he's pumped the brakes because yeah, I mean, he's like just yeah he owes too much money to like be thrown in prison because people want their money but he's historically not paying people back. Yeah. So it's like, what do you, <laughs> this is just yeah. a no win situation until like he's dead. And then, <laughs> you know, they're going to come after Ivanka and they're, he's probably going to have some thing written in a clause for like, Oh, D Donald Jr. Gets control of the company and <laughs> <laughs> Ivanka gets, gets placed in this, like, this frozen tank and she'll live forever. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she'll be sent out to Pluto. Yeah, she'll colonize sure. Mars. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's a robot anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's just weird. There was this uh, there's this monk. Oh, I forget what his name is. Oh, I forget what his name is. Thelonious monk. Yeah, that that mm. one, that one. <laughs> no, but he was talking about. Uh, he used this this really great story. He's like, okay, so let's say that. The three of us are all sitting together having a conversation in person, in in the in the real, um, the real in the real. Uh, so so we're having that conversation, and let's say Andy didn't brush his teeth for two weeks beforehand, and Dutcher, you and I are like, damn, bro, your breath stank. <laughs> like, damn, that's it's good thing you guys shit. aren't in this room then. <laughs> it's actually no, been three weeks, but. <laughs> no, but 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 Andy to himself, most of the time he's not sitting there like, damn, dude, my breath fucking stank, right? Mm. And he used that analogy for how we as people 
like navigate the world. Like so often we are so quick to tell somebody else that they are wrong, but we don't use our nose and look at what we are doing wrong. You know what I mean? That's what I was saying earlier, man. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. It's tough to, you know, it's tough for human beings to say that they're wrong about something. It's yeah. It's really hard. Humility. Humility. It's a pride thing. You know, it's a pride thing. And, and, and... but you grow more. Like, if you can accept the idea that you grow more, it's the, it's the, uh, I don't know who owns the quote, but, um, I think it was, uh, so Socrates and he's saying, you know, the first step to wisdom is knowing that, you know, nothing or admitting that, you know, nothing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. if you can do that, then you can learn. If you can't yeah. do that, then you can't learn and you're stuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I and wonder how sucks. tied in. I wonder how tied in that is to our fear of failure. You know, that makes, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like the, the idea of eliminating your ego. Yeah. Like if you can completely, and that's what, uh, in, um, like the Buddhist religion in particular talks about just eliminating your ego completely. Um, and if you can do that, then, you know, you don't, there's nothing that you fight with. Yeah. You'd also just take DMT and that'd probably help you eliminate your ego. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I just listened to Joe Rogan. I, I hear Mm -hmm. him talk, talk about it. Experience ego death. (laughs) Yeah. But like, you know, I don't even know. I already said what I was trying to say. No, it's it's true though. It's true though. I feel like we need to, we need to, not be so egocentric you know we need to be able to say no i'm i'm wrong you are right we need to be able to say i still have things to learn that's like i i never want to get to the point in my life where someone tells me something and i disagree so much that i won't even investigate further i'm just Mm -hmm. no you know, cause, mm-hmm. cause I feel like that's when you really learn. That's how, that's when you're having a conversation with somebody and they can bring points that are thought provoking so that I will do my own research. That's how you change mm-hmm. my opinion. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to change my opinion, make me think enough about it to do my own research. That's, mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. You know? Right. Yeah. And I think that comes, that's for everybody too. Like, even if I, even if I, if I'm talking to a person that I 100% think they're wrong, you know, and I just very much disagree with, I would like to understand why, you know, what, first of all, what their sources are. Second of all, why do they think that way? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and talking with somebody in an unemotional way too, it, that, that sparks way more. Um, you'll be able to like, they'll listen to you more, I should say, you know, if you, if you can, if you can keep, and that's the thing about eliminating your ego. It's like, if you can keep the emotions at the door, you know, if you do get in that brutal conversation with your folk, with your, you know, your family members about whatever, if you can keep your cool, um, chances are they might, they might listen to you. You know what I mean? As opposed to you just losing your mind, you know, becoming emotional thing. Well, you know, it's, 
it's this is a, this is a lesson I personally learned from Haruki because him and I him and I were talking and he has sometimes sometimes he can get very intense when he when he's conveying his points but he's oftentimes when you're talking to him and he's trying to convey a conflicting opinion or a conflicting point he articulates it in such a calm way where it's like it's I don't know it's it's talking with Haruki and Dominic Dominic Beringa mm-hmm. Those two guys have made me so much better, I feel like, at articulating my points because they don't let shit fly if there's something that you said that you're just like, ah, they'll know what I mean. It's like, no, you have to actually say what you mean. You have to say it in a calm way so that people can understand what you're trying to say. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, that's a thing that we don't see a lot, even on, you know, that that's what what are the things that people click on on youtube it's like they see the arguments they see like the the talk shows where the person walks out it's like oh i'm gonna i'm fucking watching that you know what I mean? clickbait that's the that's the stuff that people watch you know if that's mm-hmm. just like constantly in your face and you see people on social media just blowing up other people all the time it's a very negative thing yeah so then how do we norm. get away from it how do we get away from it how yeah, yeah that's it's... the question yeah, and it's so like you you know, there's there's times where you see like I don't know, I think of like people I don't follow, but I've heard about like um like the Ace family. They're like this big brand now. And it started with like, oh, it's a family vlog channel. And it was like I think the appeal was it was more relatable, like, oh, it's a family, it's a young couple, they got, you know, young kids, they're just trying to get through life, they happen to be, you know, making content and doing stuff. And now it's like, you know, they're, they're very like, they, they had a video that got, you know, it went viral and it's kind of a meme of like, they were complaining about, they were complaining about, you know, they just bought a giant house, giant property. And they were complaining that the floors weren't done. And it's like the floors in your like, thing that could fit a neighborhood into mm-hmm. <laughs> like aren't mm-hmm. done because like you have you know it's a lot of surface area yeah. and then that you know they're like well we just want to move into this house and you're thinking like oh it's be- maybe this is because they went from rags to riches and this is like they're they're they they came up and this is the new house and then you go to their old house and it's like slightly smaller <laughs> it's yeah. like another multi-mansion and the only reason why they're moving is because they accidentally doxed themselves by doing a vlog and being like, this is our house. And then like, here's the outside with the address and here's a drone shot with the address. Uh, and here's this with the surrounding. Mm, it's like they doxed themselves and they bought yeah. a new, more expensive mansion and they're complaining to their fans. Like, don't you hate it when your mansion floors are done? <laughs> <laughs> and then like right before it being like, by the way, if you're an ACE family, if you're part of the ACE family, where show us to get you got your ace family shirt on if you need to get a shirt while watching ace family go to ace family they're like doing merch plugs yeah. before the they talk about their... like... yeah. yeah and it's Wouldn't like you hate it when your mansion doesn't have its floors done yet <laughs> <laughs> well it's crazy because i feel like i feel like it's a lot easier to fall into that trap than than a lot of us think you know because like that's something that's a skill that we all you know in the creative space have to try and figure out in order to keep creating and to be able to have this fund our 
creative process and fund our lives. We have to get better at selling merch and doing that stuff. And then you see people who really have mastered it and you're like, man, they're douchey as hell, you know? So it's like, how do we get to that point where we have mastered that and we stay humble and we're not douchey, you know? Yeah. Like (laughs) the two year saga of Logan Paul is so fascinating in terms of how he's somehow flipped his public perception from I'm the kid who like, insulted an entire culture and then filmed a dead body for my child audience and then like you know put it in the thumbnail not like Mm. oh we did it and like it was a scary moment and it was weird that you put a clip of it it was like there's the dead body in the thumbnail and then to go from that to like you know he boosted the pokemon market with a giant purchase so all eyes around him is like oh nostalgia he likes pokemon oh i like pokemon mm-hmm. and now and mm-hmm. he's fighting like these mma fights to like be like oh he's disciplined now and he's got like a podcast and he's like he's right. grown up i'm like two years ago he was in the woods <laughs> filming dead bodies <laughs> and dead now body. he's like yeah. he's now he's zen pokemon master like no <laughs> he's just he's just learned to be like well if i you know, if I only talk on camera and don't and and run my ideas by at least one other person, I'll be fine. Yeah. Who's this person again? Uh, Logan Paul. Who is that? He's uh, you know, basically if if a you know of of he he was like part of the a Disney come up with his brother Jake Paul. They both mm. are. They both get in like, you know, they make vlog content and then like random like merch beefs like one year they did a like they just each made christmas songs plugging their merch and jake paul's song was literally just called buy that merch (laughs) and it was and all the lyrics are like hey you suck if you don't have my backpack because your backpack sucks and my backpack's cool do you want to be cool buy my backpack next verse (laughs) million dollars later oh yeah it's like okay he's making money off of this stupid song that's gone viral whether it's cringe or not and then he's made money off the stupid music video that he produced in his house and then he made money off of the stupid people buying his merch out of like you know some people are actual fans and other people don't realize like how toxic he is. And, you know, and he's trying to do like, he did a a fake, you know, he's got a a fake school called Edfluence where he like, you know, there's a, there's a small buy-in to like get access. And then each lesson is just like, you know, more expensive. And he's banking on, you know, his young fans being like, mom jake paul says i don't have to go to school and i could learn how to do youtube if i just watch his videos and then they're like i don't know what youtube is plugs in their card next thing she knows there's like a two thousand dollar like bill from this website because he's just clicked on all the courses and auto charged it to her card and yeah so i just like i just like went on his youtube channel and it's just like screams douche (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh what was it jake paul uh, it was Logan one of the Paul. one of the one of the Paul guys that just challenged uh, Conor McGregor to a fight. Yeah, that was Jake. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he knocked out a basketball player. Yeah, like, I'm it, like, it's like, dude, a... <laughs> I would pay money to watch that fight. Conor would whoop his ass, <laughs> and that's what he wants, and that's what's even worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's still gonna make like ten million dollars off if the fight would go through. I'd be like, 
Well, can you just like have the, Conor uh, McGregor beat him up like where Conor just shows up at his house with his phone on Instagram Live and just beats him? Yes. <laughs> like and that, Conor well, would like, definitely like, do that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like, uh, you, you know, the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. It's like Floyd won, but they both like Floyd made eighty million dollars and Conor McGregor made like fifty million dollars. You know what I mean? It's like oh yeah, they both they both won. Nobody lost. <laughs> Nobody yeah. lost. Yeah. Although that last series of fights, I didn't I didn't watch them, but all, the only things I did see were um, I mean I did see the you know Jake Paul knocking out that basketball player and then like a, a couple of, of the like, oh, it's Mike Tyson and the other guy, I can't remember his name and they're legends, but I can't mm-hmm. remember the other guy's name. And, uh, and, but like Snoop Dogg being commentary and just like, just that reminder of like, you just put Snoop Dogg in front of something and he's going to make it great. Dude, <laughs> right. really though. Because really Snoop Dogg is like, he's cool. Dude, he's amazing. He's like a, like a down to earth human. Well, I mean, he's just, a, he's a, seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. 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 It's so funny that he like, you know, he got famous doing like, you know, hip hop and like the, the, the gang related, you know, like f- rapping about yeah. just that lifestyle. And now he's like brand friendly doing yeah. like commercials mm-hmm. for like, you know, it, it doesn't matter if it's like, oh, he's got his weed company. And he did right. things at gangster rap, but moms will still be like, that's Snoop Dogg if it's like a toy or like, well, yeah, he somehow endeared himself to everyone. <laughs> yeah, he also like tied himself with uh, he did some stuff with Martha Stewart, too. Yeah, it's like him and Martha are tight, <laughs> dude. Uh, have you so guys seen was it the roast of Justin Bieber? I know what you're gonna say. Yep, Justin Bieber. I, I think it I think it was was Martha Stewart at that roast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Snoop was, but I think I think it was that roast. They were talking. It was Martha. She was like talking about Justin Bieber going to prison. She's like, "So you're gonna need a shank. I made mine yeah. out of, out of yeah. toothbrush." And <laughs> it's just it's hilarious. She's hilarious. I I loved whoever like came up and was like. Is like, oh yeah, we got you know, like all these like gangster rappers and like, and, oh, yeah. and Martha Stewart's the one that's been to jail the most. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that one that one was hilarious. And Justin Bieber when he came on came on the mic at the end, he's like, so what do you get when you give a teenager two hundred fifty million dollars? And his comeback, he's like. A bunch of uh, a bunch of has-beens calling you a lesbian for two hours. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's so good. Somebody, somebody wrote that for him, yeah. but it's funny. Did you guys yeah. watch the roast of Donald Trump? I I've seen clips because I remember like Seth MacFarlane being the host and and you know other people just tearing into him. Yeah, <laughs> he there's this clip. I saw this while he was president so this just like i don't know why this like shocked me but he's like up at the end he's like talking some mad shit and then he talks about his bank account and he goes 10 billion fucking dollars and i'm like (laughs) we just voted for this guy to be fucking president talking about how he is 10 billion fucking dollars like (laughs) come on come on So he's a success. He's the most of the best, and yeah. etc. <laughs> yeah. So, so I work with the most uh, of the best. So successful. 
Yeah, so, so, so I work with bankruptcy attorneys, and uh, I I mean I get a whole a whole mix of the political spectrum, right? So I don't right. obviously with my like job don't don't normally talk about politics, but I have this one guy who's who's obviously a bankruptcy attorney. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious. He hates Donald Trump, like hates, mm-hmm. hates Donald Trump. <laughs> and he's like, you guys think this guy's a good businessman? He filed bankruptcy seven times. I'm like, <laughs> this is true. How do <laughs> people not realize this? Do you know what filing <laughs> bankruptcy is? <laughs> Means you can't pay your debts, man. Can't pay your debts. Means you're not good at business. Yeah, you don't have any any assets or profit to like pay any debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, and and you know another another nod to like Roy Cohn's lifestyle. He he didn't pay taxes and like died owing like three million dollars to the IRS in like the eighties or something. Oh my god! And uh, he so the way he still lived super lavishly he would just be he's that kind of dude that would like you know he's at a restaurant and somebody's like oh we don't have that booth open for you like you got to sit at a table and then roy would go sit at the booth and call over like the duke and duchess of whatever country he was like (laughs) you know schmoozing that day and then they would have this big like spread of food and drinks and then he would just leave (laughs) And I'm like, that's what Donald no Trump wants to do. He just way. wants people to think that they like him enough to just pay all of his things. And, yeah. And that's how Roy lived. Like, you know, anything that was, you know, attached to his person, it, it wasn't like, oh, he bought that car. It's like, now the mafia bought that car. Oh, he owns that house. Mm-hmm. No, that's the property of, you know, this person. And he, he just happens to let Roy stay there. Just <laughs> like, mm, it's just wow. like cra- even like like Barbara Walters was like his fake girlfriend for like publicity. Even though everyone who knew him was like, yeah, he's totally gay. Like he's hiring young men mm. to sleep with almost <laughs> <No>. daily. <laughs> and you're like, how is this guy a real person? And then how is he all? He's the guy who he mentored Trump and Roger Stone. Like two, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just very distinct people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. he's like i will extend my reach from the beyond into these demons yes yeah yeah these ghouls that'll yeah. just hang he's around the, for another four decades the douche sensei yeah. the douche sensei <laughs> yeah it's it's equal parts like i didn't know that and also i wished i hadn't learned that yeah <laughs> right like yeah, it's yeah. crazy <laughs> yeah but yeah you know one one thing that I don't know why that just like put this in my head, but I feel like we need to do a better job societally of teaching financial literacy in schools. You know, Mm -hmm. like we, Mm -hmm. we do not teach financial literacy at all. And if you want people, if you truly want people to, to pull themselves out of poverty, you need to teach financial literacy. You know, from a young age. Yeah, absolutely. That should be a part yeah. of math. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like I'm not, I'm not even talking like just the numbers. I'm talking about like, learn how money works, learn how mm-hmm. money works. So that way you are not dependent long-term on your income 
to sustain a lifestyle that you would like to live long-term. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, we, we all think of like, well, I need to do this so that I can get a good job. And so I can make a lot of money, but in reality, you can make a lot of money, not be financially literate and struggle with money because you don't know how to manage it and you haven't set your assets up correctly. Right. You know, and that's something that we don't teach at any level of education unless you're going to be like a financial advisor. Yeah. And I've learned a lot and that's when, you know, I've learned a lot from my financial advisor. Mm -hmm. If they taught this stuff in the schools, like, We'd have a lot. Your ass would be out of the job. Well, we yeah, we'd have a lot less bubbles that we're going to about to pop. You know, we would have less. Like, if you think about the housing crisis that happened in two thousand eight, you think about the student loan debt that's going to pop soon too. Like, people, people uh, would be able to manage paying for things. You know, people mm-hmm. wouldn't have to take out massive loans. Well, the student loan thing is a whole different. You know, that's a whole separate thing, but it's um, people would would be less inclined to be in debt because they manage their money correctly. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's just it's it's like a cash flow problem, in my opinion. You know, we don't teach how cash actually flows. You know, we we tell people that there's sorry to just go down a financial rabbit hole, but. <laughs> Here um, we go again. Here we go. Andy knows. Here's me bitch about it all the time. No, but we we don't. We teach people that the only way that they can have an income is from having a job. And in reality, the this is this is purely my opinion, but oftentimes the security of your job is totally a facade. It's totally a facade. Because uh, a friend of mine, so I have my own business right now. Like I'm working for myself doing marketing for bankruptcy attorneys, right? So a friend of mine, a lot of what I do is on Facebook and Facebook ads and things like that. So a friend of mine asked me, he's like, well, what happens if Facebook closes? Facebook stops being an app or people stop using Facebook. And I'm like, well, what happens if Walmart closes? What happens if McDonald's closes. What happens if Sam's club closes? What happens if your place of business closes, you know, because that's, that's a real thing. And when I am in control of what I'm doing, then I have different ways that I can go. But if I'm in, if I'm working for somebody else, then I am at the mercy of whatever they decide for their business. They could decide that they want to sell their business to somebody who wants to cut my whole department, which is a good Mm -hmm. decision for them. And guess mm-hmm. what? My job that I thought was secure is now gone. And now yeah. because, because I had set up that that was how I was going to make money. That was the only way that I had set up to make money. Now I'm totally fucked, you know, and mm-hmm. we don't teach mm-hmm. people. We teach people that that's the only way. That's the only way that you can, you can have the nice house that you want, that you can not worry about providing for your family. When in reality, that's bullshit. We need to teach financial literacy. We need to teach people how to invest, you know, mm-hmm. invest in assets that they, that they are actually interested in and that will provide cash flow for them. 
Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk for a third time this <laughs> Third <time>. TED yeah. <laughs> Talk. <laughs> You're welcome. Third yeah. TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and on that note too, like I I I scheduled the Zoom for two hours and we're getting close. I don't know what will happen, but um, I, you know, definitely will have you guys back and... <laughs> It's always thanks always for having us. Thanks for, for having us, man. Yeah, yeah. For real. Thank you. Yeah, uh, where I know it's in the title, like the name of the podcast. But where can people find? Is it just everywhere? Is it only on certain platforms? Like everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're on TikTok. Let's go beneath the we beat. Have to be, we we need to be more active on TikTok. But we are. Hey, we posted on TikTok today. Oh, active yeah. activity, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, By we. I mean, I need to be more active on TikTok. TikTok wastes way too much of my time. I'm way too active. Shout out Hannah Bread Talk. I spend a lot of time watching you make bread. <laughs> Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bread is great. It's so it's <laughs> yeah. such a good channel. It is such a good channel. Yeah. Well, and for those who are listening either now or in the future, if you like what you hear for the Mitten Backstage, you can go to patreon.com slash Find all the details there. You can type in my name pretty much on most platforms. I'm there. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on and and having a you know a great discussion. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks man. for having us, man. I feel like it. I feel like it flows really nicely with you, dude. We've we've, we've had multiple great discussions already. So for real. Yeah. I, yeah, I have awesome. to add one thing, people. You gotta go to Earth Radio's merch and buy a past Dutchie mask. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. They're 15% off right now. Go (laughs) Go do it. Do it. Sounds like Zach bought some for Christmas. No. (laughs) I'm just telling people.